Hello, everyone, and welcome to AC23, your weekly excursion into the arts and culture of the Capital Region, brought to you by the Arts Council of Greater Baton Rouge. My name is Chancellor Zero Skidmore. My producer is Jeremy Porcine. We are the local, we're on the local airwaves. We're online and you can stream the show from our website at artsbr.org or from Apple Podcasts. You can check us out on Apple Podcasts and make sure that you click subscribe and give us five stars. In recognition of Black History Month, I'd like to talk for a moment about trumpeter, band leader, composer, arranger, and record producer Dave Bartholomew. Originally from Edgard, Louisiana, he first learned to play his father's preferred instrument, the tuba, then took up trumpet. Around 1933, Bartholomew moved with his parents to New Orleans, where he played in local jazz and brass bands, including Papa Celestine's, as well as Fats Richon's band on the Mississippi Riverboat. He took charge of Richon's band in 1941 and later joined the U.S. Army. During World War II, he developed writing and arranging skills as a member of the 196th Army Ground Forces Band. At the age, at the end of the war, Bartholomew returned to New Orleans and started leading his own dance band, Bartholomew and the Dewdroppers. The band became locally popular, described as the bedrock of R&B in the city, and according to music historian Robert Palmer, was a model for early rock and roll bands the world over. Bartholomew and his band made their first recordings, including She's Got Great Big Eyes at Cosimo Matina's New Orleans studio, the deluxe recordings. In September 1947, their first hit, was Country Boy, credited to Dave Bartholomew and his orchestra, which reached number 14 on the National Billboard and R&B charts. Bartholomew later became Imperial's A&R man in New Orleans and produced one of Imperial's first national hits, The Fat Man, recorded in December of 1949 by a young pianist, Fats Domino. It reached number two on the R&B charts and eventually sold over a million copies, kicking off Domino's career. Bartholomew wrote many, many hits for Fats Domino and wrote, arranged, and produced recordings for many other imperial artists, and many of his songs are still being covered today. Dave Bartholomew passed away on June 23rd, 2019, at the age of 100. From Edgard, Louisiana, y'all. Okay, today's guest is a multi-instrumentalist from Baltimore, Maryland. He has been trained in vibraphone, marimba, drums, and piano, and word on the street is he'll be performing here in Baton Rouge on February 24th, 7 p.m. at the Shaw Center for the Arts. Warren Wolf, welcome to AC23. How you doing, man? Pleasure to be here. Oh, uh, so good to have you. So thank you for calling in today. Uh, so uh, you're at home right now in Baltimore. What's the weather like out there? Uh, it's snow, snow, snow. <laughs> snow, snow, snow. We're in the middle of a, a little cold snap here in Louisiana as well. I don't know if you've been watching the news Uh We've never, not in my lifetime, have have I ever seen cold like this. Um, yeah, no, the world is changing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. So um, you started uh, studying music at a very early age. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I started um, at the age of three years old. I was born in 1979, and uh, my dart, my, I said my dart, <laughs> my dad started to give me uh, formal lessons at the age of three. Um, I, I grew up in a pretty rough part of Baltimore, so he just wanted to give me, uh, you know, a good hobby, you know, to, to, to concentrate on, you know, and I still went outside and played with friends and things like that, but, you know, I had a very strict practice schedule. Um, so basically I practiced three different instruments for 30 minutes per day. And, um, 
um, Saturday mornings, I took private lessons at the Peabody Preparatory with a member who's now deceased uh, of the Baltimore Symphony Orchestra. So um, that practice schedule with my dad, at least Monday through Friday, lasted from the age of three up until 17. Wow. Uh, private lessons with the Baltimore Symphony member uh, that lasted from, the, let's just say, the ages of uh, five or six, maybe up until the time I got to high school, which was 13. So many hours of playing um, piano, drums, vibes. And in those sessions, you know, it could range from anything from jazz to classical to uh, popular music, you know, like such as uh, Anita Baker, Yellow Jackets, even down to Motown, the Beatles, listening to uh, Scott Joplin, and then, you know, throwing some Charlie Parker and Miles Davis at the same time. Wow. So you were born in 79. Of course, you're you're part of that that uh very first, like a uh, hip hop generation, when you were about uh, uh, fifteen yep. or sixteen, was there ever uh, uh, an uh, an urge to to kind of play more more of that kind of stuff or experiment well, with? It definitely it? was. See, yeah, I like to tell people that you know. So I have two older sisters, and I re- I vividly recall like um, that movie uh, Crush Groove when that came out, and that was some of my earliest you know, just exposures to hip hop, you know, I, I, and all that stuff. I used to really like listening to fat boys, Al Cool J, run DMC, um, new edition, you know, my sisters were all into them. Um, you know, I, I did not grow up in a jazz household. You know, we just, we just had music playing around the house. Yeah. So when I, when I came to my teen, teenage years, even though I'm born and raised in Baltimore, you couldn't tell me I wasn't from like the West coast. <laughs> Cause I was just so, I was so deep into like death row. And, and all that stuff, you know, because I'm a huge Tupac Shakur fan. Like, um, if you look, if you if, if anybody were in my basement, there's actually a black and white photo of Tupac that's on my wall. Um, and that's not insane. I just I just enjoy his music. It's mm-hmm. not really about the lyrics or everything, but you know, well, some some of the time, but you know, um, no, I'm definitely a hip hop fan. I love uh, slow jams, R and B. Um, I love some rock music. I, you know, I try to take all of these different styles of music and just incorporate it into what I like to play. Well, and that, that's that's keeping in the, you know, uh, so much of hip-hop music comes from other genres, of you know, uh, with sampling and, and playing the breakbeats. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's 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 right in that vibe, man. Uh, and, and what a great way to, to, to bond with your father. Your father was a musician? No, he was actually a history teacher. He taught United States and world history in, in uh, Baltimore City Public Schools. But he enjoyed playing music. So he had a band that used to play around the Baltimore, Washington, D.C. area in the 80s and, and the mid-90s. And they were called Wolfpack. And <laughs> their band pretty much focused on, you know, all the stuff he was teaching me. You know, they play a lot of Yellow Jackets, Power Jower, uh, Grover, Washington. Every now and then they will probably play jump into like some some of that soul jazz, you know, that that's like Stanley Torrentine yeah. and, and things like that. Um they, they were they were not like a, a traditional jazz group, you know, where they would be playing tunes about Wayne Shorter and things like that. I think the one song that I do uh recall them playing that was um probably the closest thing to like swing jazz, but they just played it so much in the fusion style, they would play uh, A Night in Tunisia by Dizzy Gillespie. Mm. But um you know, no, he was he was just a lover of music, and he, I, I'm I'm his only son. I don't have any brothers, so he was <laughs> like, you know, I'm going to teach my son music. Oh, that's beautiful. Um, and 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 so you uh, of kind of 
are a multi you're a multi instrumentalist. Do you kind of put yourself out there as a vibraphonist uh, at your show? Will we see you play multiple instruments? Um, it all depends on the situation. So I think the general public has has decided that the vibraphone is my number one instrument, which is fine. Yeah, you know, but I'm very much a drummer. I'm very much a pianist. It, it just all depends. You know, I went to a performing arts high school at Baltimore School for the Arts, mm-hmm. and I was a percussion major there, actually, like classical percussion. So there, it's like we had to play everything. You know, from uh, not just vibes, but vibes, marimba, timpani, you know, any of those instruments that you would see in, in a uh, symphony orchestra. Yeah. But um, it, just, it really all depends. There's been moments where I'm just kind of feeling it. It's like if we're really trying to entertain the crowd, yeah, I'm going to jump on the drums. Sometimes during shows, um, actually, this the, the upcoming show um, at the Manship, you know, you'll see me on piano and vibes. So, um, you know, it, it just all depends on the moment. <laughs> yes, yes. And for all your listeners out there, piano is also a percussion instrument. Uh, yes, indeed. Something, something about us percussion is we like to hit things. It's something, something I think, very therapeutic about that. <laughs> Um, yeah. So, so what is the biggest misconception about what you do? Is it is it that people confuse the vibes with xylophone or what? Definitely that, man. I mean, at least, well, probably not so much right now during the pandemic, but before this, whenever I would uh, play somewhere or if somebody happened to see me carrying vibes, like taking it from the car or something, and, you know, they would say, oh, wow, the, the xylophone. <laughs> And I was like, nah, that's the vibes. You know, and I, I don't get mad at them, but, you know, a lot of people don't know because they associate that instrument with something that they played in elementary school. Right. That's, for some reason, that's like the instrument that everybody plays in elementary school, but it's really not even the xylophone. It's called the bells. Right, 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 <laughs> right, right. Most right. schools don't have an xylophone sitting around school. <laughs> so, um, you know, but, no, nah, I mean, that's the biggest misconception right there. Also, maybe people assume when they hear me play or not – before they hear me play, they think, oh, he, you know, he's just another jazz guy who's just swinging along. And it's totally not like not like that for me because, again, I have all of these different experiences and people that I've grown up with, you know, that I just love to play. I love to play music. Playing straight-ahead jazz, like in the style of Charlie Parker, Miles Davis, that's just one style. That's just one part of jazz that I like to do. Right, right. Well, yeah, I mean, um, you know, I, the minute I take my congas out, everybody, oh, he brought he brought some bongos. These are not bongos. Yeah. So what's 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 the uh, what's the pandemic been like for you, Warren, as a musician? So um, actually, it's been very busy because I've been that type of person. I, I think the main reason behind this next statement is, is actually it is the main reason. I have I have kids and. You know, they they're still hungry. <laughs> you know, they want to eat. And you know, I've, what I've noticed is a lot of musicians, a lot of my friends, have decided to just relax. It, they they have chilled out, and for numerous reasons. It could be because they they just want to break in general. Some guys are just nervous. But you know, um, I've continued to perform as much as I possibly could. Um, the, the only thing that has that that's really Stopped for the most part has just been the traveling, but we have um, a few different venues here in Baltimore where I've started to perform like on a weekly basis because you know typically in Baltimore I only perform here maybe on average like three or four times per year. But I think in 2020 alone I must have performed in Baltimore at least 50 times. Wow! Um, 
So, you know, performing at those two different venues, it's uh, the Keystone Corner, Baltimore, by NEA, Jazz, Nesta, Barkin. And then there's another place called Andy Music, which is uh, by my good friend Henry Wong. He's the owner. Mm-hmm. Um, so between those two places, and then um, I'm also doing a lot of um, online shows. You know, um, when this pandemic went down, a lot of musicians, you know, they didn't know what to do. So it seemed like every one of us started investing in interfaces. You know, yeah. so we could all do a home recording. So I do a lot of that. Um, and I'm also teaching. You know, I work for two different schools. I work for the Peabody Conservatory, which is based here in Baltimore, uh, which is led by our chair, trumpeter, Sean Jones. And then I'm also um, on adjunct faculty at the San Francisco Conservatory of Music, which is led by uh, Jason Hainsworth and also um, Joshua Redmond, who is now on board as well. Well, that's awesome. That's awesome uh, that you're passing uh, on what you what you what you know to the next generation. That's beautiful. Yeah. So you're you're a player. You're also a, a composer. You're putting out your own music. You're you're releasing albums, mm-hmm. and you have released albums. What is most enjoyable for you? Is it is it playing, or is it that that process of locking yourself up in the studio and and coming out with a masterpiece? Um, I get the joy from playing. Um, that 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 brings me the the most happiness, you know. Uh, uh, j- just yesterday, here's one thing: it ties into this question which you're asking me. Yeah. Um, one thing that I've been doing a lot during this pandemic has been uh, just creating some of my well, not creating songs, but you know, just taking some of my favorite songs and you know, uh, putting everything into Logic uh, on the computer. And I've been asking, you know, certain friends of mine to join me. You know, we go through that long process of recording everybody, and then they send me the videos. We line them up. So I line, I put up the videos. I put one on social media yesterday. And mm. this one guy, I forget his name, but he said to me, he said, man, you know, this this video right here made my day. He said, you know, I'm, I'm currently um, just out of the hospital or something from battling cancer or something like that. And this video has totally just burnt you know, brought my, my spirit way up. And I like hearing that because we never know who, who we're going to touch. So I like to call call a lot of us, at least for myself, and I'll speak for a lot of people, you know, we're kind of like musical healers because mm. you have regular people out here who go to work nine to five or whatever time you go to work. But then when we're playing at nighttime, you know, these people, they want to come out and just be entertained and have a good time. They want They want to take their minds off of the day that they have, whether it's good or, or bad. So, you know, my job as a musician, for the most part, is to I want to touch that person who's listening to me. I want to make some type of impact on you to the point where you're going to remember me and remember that song or remember that moment and say, wow, that was bad. So, um, but yeah, I really enjoy playing for people live. Um, I enjoy playing for people online, too, because they get actually get a get a sense of what it's like to to see what it's like, what I'm doing in my own house. But uh, playing live, nothing beats that, you know, that's just where it is. Yeah, it's uh, whenever I, I go too long without a gig, I get antsy. Um, and <laughs> you know, shedding yeah. at home is great, but you know, having that that yeah. reaction with an audience is amazing. Uh, so, what can mm-hmm. we expect from this upcoming show, February twenty fourth? Uh, do you have anything special planned? Uh, what what really sets your show apart from other jazz concerts that we may have seen? Well, for this particular show, we got I have some great musicians joining me. Um, I have a vocalist who's from Washington, D.C. Her name is Imani Grace Cooper. 
she's awesome. She she goes in between like R and B, gospel, but still has like the jazz language. Um, she was also the vocalist on my not the very last record I did. The last record I had was a Christmas record, but the one before that, um, which is called Reincarnation. Uh, mm-hmm. She did a wonderful job on that. She'll be joining me. And on the bass and drums, I'm actually using um, two guys down there in in Louisiana. I'm using Jameson Ross on mm. drums and a, and, a, and, a, and a bass player named uh, Alex Ward. I, I can't say his last name. I, I, it's not coming to me at the moment because we <laughs> haven't officially met yet. Okay. His name is Alex on bass. They call, I, Jameson calls him Lex. So, okay. Um, Basically, on this show, my whole plan when I was thinking about it, because this would be my first out-of-town gig in quite some time, uh, and, you know, it'll be special because we've this unit will have never performed together. But we have a mix of, like, um, I mean, Imani will probably will not play the, the entire time. You'll see some trio numbers between myself and, and Jameson and the bassist. But then there are other times where, like I said, you'll probably see me on piano jumping back and forth to the vibes when Imani will be singing. And that could be a mix of like some straight ahead jazz to maybe some R and B, you know. Uh I I love collaborating with musicians who are very comfortable in going in multiple directions. And I know James can do that very well. You know, his one of his last records, I think it's just simply titled Jameson, is one of my favorites. Oh yeah. So um Yeah, you know, it's it would just be a very relaxing night, you know. <laughs> Hopefully, it won't be too cold outside because I, I think we're outside. But you know, yeah. Well, Jameson has, has played uh, played here um, at the Shaw Center. Uh, I, I know more than uh, more than once. And um, got you. Yeah, he's 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 familiar with all of us. Familiar with the Arts Council, and uh, we're we're all big fans of his. Excited to see him coming back. Um, mm-hmm. And it, I, I had a a guest on a couple of weeks ago who's a jazz vocalist and she was talking about going to other cities and, and hiring musicians from that area. Um, it yep. seems to be something, you know, jazz is, I, I don't know other, any other way to say it. You got to be able to play if you're going to call yourself a jazz musician or you're going to get called mm-hmm. out. <laughs> and yeah, it seems yeah. to be something only you guys are, are capable of doing, just being able to kind of call up some people and, Maybe they, there's a reference, and they they learn your tunes, and then you you show up and do a show together. Yeah, no, that's that's all about how how much of a professional that you are. You know, if you can just if you can just show up and just perform, you know, that's that's the best that's the best you can do. It's awesome. You know, it's been happening for for years. You know, a lot of kids can't do that. They show up in a different city. They say, "Give me give me the best musicians that you have. We make it happen." Yes, indeed. And, and 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 knowing standards never hurts. It, it kind of gives everybody a vocabulary, right? Um, yeah, yeah. So um, you're going to be uh, here for for everybody listening. Um, Warren is going to be here February 24th, 7 p.m. at the Shaw Center for the Arts, and um, bringing down some amazing musicians with him as well, and 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 some of that are from this region. Um, Warren, have you been here before? Have you ever performed in uh, you know in this area, New Orleans, Baton Rouge? Yes, um, both times were with vocalist uh, Carmen Lundy, um, and I, I, I also performed with my own band at the uh, in New Orleans at the uh, the uh, what is it called the Little Jim Saloon. Mm. Um, I don't know if that place is still open, but you know we played there, and 
definitely Snug Harbor. Oh yeah, Snug. Um, I played the uh, New Orleans Jazz Fest um, a okay. few years ago with a group that I that I'm a part of called the called the SF Jazz Collective. Um, oh. Yeah, that's that's it. I think the last time I was recently down there was last year. We came down there as a part of the uh, the, the Gen Conference, was the uh, Jazz Education Network Conference, which is a conference that's made up, you know, just to promote jazz and so many students are, are coming they, they come into different towns and there are many concerts and you know hangs you know jam sessions everything we just kind of like a big fellowship well that's that's beautiful so you you've been down here you've had you've had the gumbo um, oh, man, you know, that's what i'm coming back for that too. <laughs> <laughs> well we got this thing around carnival time called king cake i don't know if you had king cake when you were down here i don't know about that it all right good, though. <laughs> oh man look you it's you know it's king cake time down here so uh we're gonna definitely have some king cake for you and uh i'm I'm gonna see about uh turning you on to the the best spot for some gumbo and uh i want to thank you so much for calling in and having a conversation with me today Uh, i'll definitely be at the show i'm gonna bring some young musicians with me so they can see how it's done and um i just really want to thank you at this point in time in our it would, everything that's going on for for coming down here and and performing for us, uh, I'm really appreciative as a musician, as a as a fan of music, and um, yeah, thank you so much for being on the show, Warren. Thank you for coming down. Thank you, man, very much. I'm looking forward to. It. I'll see you soon. All right, y'all. Uh, that was Warren Wolf. He's going to be at the Shaw Center for the Arts on February 24th. Uh, at 7 p.m. Make sure you get your tickets. This is going to be the first show of our Jazz Master series. Uh, we're starting with a percussionist, and we also we we also have Poncho Sanchez on that same roster. So it's good time to be a percussion a fan of percussion right now because we have uh, we have Warren, and we also have another great percussionist coming down later uh, in the series. Thank y'all for tuning in. This is Chancellor Zero Skidmore. At some point in the future, y'all, I'll see y'all at a show. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>